Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And we are here to get the service started for you. If this is your first time here, a special welcome to you. Mm -hmm. We'd love to get, you know, get to know you better. And you can help us out by giving us a shout at hello at cedarvalley.ca. You can comment online with chat TV or find someone in our lobby wearing a lanyard if you're here in person. Yeah. The best ways to stay informed about what's going on in our community, different events we've got going on, is by following us on social media. Um, you can do that on Facebook or Instagram. And we've also got a weekly newsletter that you can sign up for. Um, you can just head to our website, cedarvalley.ca, and sign up there. And if you've been impacted by our online church services, uh, spread the news. Hit that share button, as you can also see behind us. Yes. And invite your friends and family to join us this morning as well. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple announcements for you. September 12th, we have a barbecue, which we're really excited about. This is basically our fall start. So we want to get fall started correctly. Um, summer 12th, we are, September 12th, we are launching our ministry year and there'll be worship on site here um, and online. And then right after that, we're going to have a barbecue. So come and join us. Um, it'll be a great time. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. There's also activities there for kids too. So come on out. And as far as giving, um, we're always very grateful for mm -hmm. your ongoing support of yeah. our work and our ministries here at Cedar Valley Church. Um, through your time, through prayers, through your service, and your financial donations. Mm -hmm. And it all, goes it all goes towards helping make this all happen. Um, and so much more in our weekly ministries as well. So if you've come prepared to give this morning, um, you can do so online at cedarvalley.ca slash give. Or if you're here on campus, there are some tables set up at the back that you can put your donations into. Yeah. Cool. Let's get this service started with a time of prayer. Um, God, just thank you so much for the ability to meet together like this, whether we're online or on campus. Um, we're so thankful for that opportunity. Thank you for guiding us through this year. It's been a crazy ride. Um, and ultimately, we are just so thankful for your guidance throughout this entire thing. And um, God, I pray for the health of those in our congregation and our community, um, those that are struggling with different health concerns. I just ask that you'd bring them peace and that you'd bring them healing. Um, and ultimately that your name would just be praised in all these scenarios of all, all the things that are going on in our world. There's a lot of tough stuff going on and I just ask that you'd guide us and that you would encourage us in ways that we can um, spread your name and your hope to people. Um, yeah, thank you again for this service, and we just ask your blessing on it as we join together and worship you. Amen. Amen. We're going to get the service started shortly here with um, being led in a time of worship singing with our own worship team. And there'll be lyrics on the screen, and we invite you to participate as you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. After that, we've got a special lesson for our kids with Kate. And um, we also try to get some interactive materials out to you for your kids during the service. Um, so if you'd like those and you don't have them yet, you can contact Pastor Doug at douglas at cedarvalley.ca. Um, and he would be happy to help you um, get those materials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And after that, we have a message from our summer series uh, by Pastor mm -hmm. Rob on evangelism or sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm like all these share symbols we have around. And we're wrapping up with an interactive dialogue after the message, where we'll take the message from the morning and apply it to mm -hmm. our lives this week. Yeah. 
And before we get to all of that, if you're watching live, head over to the comment section of Facebook or YouTube and answer this question about fairs. So there's lots of fairs that go on during the end of summer. We've got Peony, we've got um, mm -hmm. the Agri Fair. Um, maybe there's a couple other fairs I'm not even aware of, but do you like to attend fairs? Which one is your favorite? Mm -hmm. And comment on that below. Um, do you have a favorite fair you like to attend? Um, haven't been to any in a while, obviously, but um, yeah, I always had a lot of fun at the Peony, it's a yes. good one, and um, years ago I used to help with um, showing some ponies and that was always good fun too. That's so, so fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the Peony as well, I grew up going there. So comment below where you like going to fairs.
Teacher, what is the greatest command? Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. And the second command is equal. Love your neighbor as yourself. How do we show our neighbors that we love them? And that Jesus loves them? You are Jesus' love for your neighbor. Hey, Cedar Valley kids. It's so awesome to be with you again today. And just wanted to say a special welcome to anyone that's joining us for the first time. We love that you're here and we would love to connect with you if you want to email one of our pastors or give us a call. That's great. Um, and we're super, super thankful just the fact that we get to have this time together. It's such a blessing. And I wanted to just encourage you. We were talking about how can we live the gospel in our neighborhood? How can we show the love of Jesus to our neighbors and to ourselves? And so that video clip that you saw before, that's just a really awesome reminder of those questions that we should be asking ourselves often. And um, I just wanted to encourage you that we see a lot of that here with all of you Cedar Valley kids. And I think of Stella when I think of that, that her smile is just constantly vibrant and she's always so happy to see everybody. And it's amazing how even a smile can show so much love to our neighbors. And then we think of people like Caleb too, who came down to Hope Central and was serving meals and Trevor has come and do that. And William, just giving some love and compassion to those that are in our community and our neighborhood, showing that we really care about people when they're in a, a time that's difficult. So I want to encourage you to think about what you can do. Maybe you could give a call to one of the pastors and ask what's going on around the church and see how you can be involved with the ministries that we do in the community. Um, we're always happy to bring some people down to Hope Central to serve meals. But I also want to encourage you, just think about the neighbors that are right next door to you. Um, maybe ask your mom or dad if you can sit down and like draw a card or make a letter or maybe just walk over to the neighbors and drop off something that you've baked for them or just ask if you can help in their garden or paint a fence. We would love to see some of your comments below, hear the things that you guys are doing to really love your neighbors. And I just want to encourage you, we see that in every single one of you. And just to be reminded, you're doing an amazing job loving your neighbors. And I'm super excited to see how you're going to continue to do that this week. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great week. But how can people call on him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe in one? In one they've not yet heard of. And how can they hear? How can they hear? And how can they hear the message of life? The message of life. And how can they hear the message of life? If there's no one there to proclaim it. Hey, Cedar Valley. <laughs> okay, uh, gospel, 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 or in the Greek, euangelion, uh, good news. It, it, so that's what we've been talking about for weeks now. 
is this good news a 30-second soundbite? Like, uh, God came to show us his love, to save us from our sin, to shut down religion, and to set up his kingdom of love and forgiveness? Is that the gospel? Is it the stories we tell of how we came to place our faith in Jesus Christ or, and how our ongoing relationship with him helps us to navigate this world and this life on into the next? Is it the life and person and work of Jesus Christ as told over for biographies? Yes, uh, the gospel is all these things. We are wrapping up our series on sharing the gospel, which we've called Share, hence the logos behind us. We're doing that next Sunday, though, with a guest speaker, a local guy, Youth Unlimited worker, Calvin Williams, with his unique take on how he is trying to live a gospel life in mission. I am really looking forward to hearing from Calvin. This morning, I'm going to do a recap of our summer teaching series on sharing the gospel, then briefly wonder with you what it means for our gospel talk to match our gospel walk, and then land all of it in our practice of communion. So let's go. We began our share series by asking the question, why do we follow Jesus? Because we, that is me, Pastor Doug, Pastor Grant, like we are convinced that this is, and frankly, it should be the starting point of any kind of sharing. Here's why. Why inspires and motivates how we live, but in this context, why inspires and motivates why we share and how we share. So, sorry, what we share and how we share. Take, for instance, how I talk about mod pizza. If you don't know what mod pizza is, no shaming, then let me tell you, because I am convinced it's one of the best pizzas you could ever jam down your gullet, and, and here's why. Because you make your own, so mod, M-O-D stands for made on demand, it's like pizza meets Subway, because you choose from a wide array of sauces and spices and meats and vegetables, because you pile toppings on as high or as low as you like, all for the same price, a somewhat paltry $11 USD, because you pile these said toppings onto a thin crust, which takes a mere three minutes to bake in a superheated oven because even after it's baked, they offer flavor step-up sauces and fresh herbs to top. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? But even better, mod has this super redemptive hiring ethos. They hire the best people they can, of course, but they make effort to hire folks who can sometimes have a hard time finding work. Uh, folks who are ex-cons and folks who are coming out of or who are working through some kind of addiction. I guess right on the website as part of their hiring culture. I'm so stoked about Mod Pizza that some have even called me 
a mod evangelist, and that's fair, actually. I know why I like mod pizza. I follow it and know that it is one of the fastest growing and most successful food chains in America. I have tasted and seen that the pizza is good. I talk about it easily. Do I know why I like Jesus? Am I confident that he is worth following? Have I tasted and seen that he is good? A life with him is good. Do I easily talk about him and my relationship with him? That's where we started. And it's why we'll celebrate communion today. Because communion, the celebration of what that represents is sort of like spiritual ground zero. By the way, if you're joining us online now, whenever that might be, might be later Sunday night, might be through the week, now might be a good time to pause and go get a piece of bread and a small cup of juice, because we'll use that a bit later, sort of as I have tucked aside here to my right. Okay, then we talked about a pathway of discipleship, of maturing in our faith, and we use these sort of addresses, these short one-syllable words to give us that pathway, circular or linear, doesn't really matter. No, grow, give, go. And how we can use it to get a sense of how we are growing in our faith. Do we know God's love for us? Start right there, because that's where our relationship with him begins. Love. Are we growing in our relationship with God? And that isn't just more knowledge bits, but that helps. Are we offering up our time and talent and tithe in service of the people of God who are the church? And are we actively sharing the gospel with others who don't know God? With our hearts fixed on Jesus and a metric for our spiritual health in place, we then talked about the why, the what, and the how of sharing the gospel. So why, why share the gospel? Three quick reasons as review, because God doesn't want anyone to perish apart from them turning to him for life. Because anything God asks us to do is good for us. And then thirdly, because sharing the gospel is critical in our spiritual discipleship on that pathway. Let me ask you, have you ever led someone to that point of placing their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or if you like, as their healer and as their guide? Or have you discipled someone whose faith is infant? They have an innocent and curious and catalytic energy about them. They ask questions which force us to know why we believe what we believe. They give us a chance to walk with them, to learn and grow with them. Like it's just so healthy. This is why we share. So what? What is the gospel? It's all the things I said at the beginning of this teaching. The gospel is sound bites and stories and the simple way of Jesus. I found it helpful, by the way, to think of the gospel as storytelling in two different ways. One, positional, the other, progressive. Positional in the sense of being positioned in God's family when we first place our faith in Jesus Christ. This is exactly what John chapter 1, verse 13 says. And 
progressive in the sense of all the stories we share after that about how we experience Jesus and how we try to make sense of our world by faith as our faith progresses and develops. Pastor Doug last Sunday used the Apostle Paul's gospel story as a way by which we can shape and tell our own gospel story. Essentially, it was like this, life before meeting Jesus, meeting Jesus, and life after meeting Jesus. I love, and here's that shout out, Pastor Grant. I love what Pastor Grant said to me this week when we reflected on Pastor Doug's message that those who grow up in the church sometimes, sometimes have a hard time talking about what life before meeting Jesus looked like. Because a life with Jesus was, for lots of them, all they seem to know from the beginning. So he, Pastor Grant, offered this. That may be the positional story for those folks like that. Maybe begins, like it did for him, with an acknowledgement that he grew up in a good Christian home. But that he had to make his faith personal with choices and steps along the way. Like his choice to say yes in the first place to Jesus after what he would describe as a semi-traumatizing play at his church. And then after that, after his mom explained it to him. Like his choices to live differently than his teenage peers when he was that age. And like his choice to go to Bible college to further ground his faith in reason. Here's an example so that's a positional sort of way of looking at things. Here's an example of a progressive gospel story from my life that's happened recently. I was asked by a family in our community if I would be willing to do a funeral for a family member of theirs who had overdosed. Initially, I was like, uh, I don't know these people. I, I, I don't know this man. I, I don't know a lot about addiction and overdose. Am I on holidays that weekend? Or? In effect, I didn't feel... Um, I didn't feel confident about doing the service. But God said to me in a quiet voice in my inner being, which I knew was his voice because it sounded so much more confident and warm than mine did at the time. Don't worry. I'll be with you. We'll, we'll figure this out together. And we did. I got to know the family. I got to a place of actually regretting not knowing the deceased based on the stories Family and friends shared about him at his memorial, and I learned that his addiction wasn't the thing that defined him. It was, it was just the thing that sadly took him. I saw and tasted that the Lord is good. He, he got me through. I blessed that family, and that family blessed me. This is what we share. Sound bites and stories in the simple way of Jesus. Now, how do we share it? By listening first with empathy and then speaking with gentleness and respect and sharing the hope we have in this life and the next because of Jesus. And then to walk the talk. And that's what we're going to explore here just for a bit. What does that mean to walk the talk? So we're going to go back to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Verse 15 is on the screen behind me, so I'll just read it from there. But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. We talked about this two weeks ago. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that they have, or you have rather. But do this with gentleness and respect. So the hope you have in sound bites and stories and the simple way of Jesus. Moving to verse 16. 
but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Because there, there needs to be integrity between what we believe and how we behave if we want to be taken seriously when we share the gospel. Remember, Christians are widely stereotyped as hypocritical, judgmental, and lousy at friendship. Let's try not to feed those stereotypes. I think there's two phrases in this verse behind me, if we stay mindful of them, might help us match our walk with our talk. So that what we say we believe would be believable to those watching our lives. Those two phrases are, I'll give you a second to look at the verse yourself and see if you might dig them out. It's not really, well, I think there's just two phrases that are pretty key. For me, they were clear conscience, good behavior. So talking about the quickest and most obvious exegesis of a text, here's the takeaway. Act like a follower, good behavior of Jesus. And when you don't, seek forgiveness, clear conscience. Nobody's perfect. Our attempts at perfection are vanity. They make us proud and they make us judgmental. So when we do or say something that doesn't sound like or look like something Jesus would say or do, we just need to own it, name it, take responsibility, apologize, ask forgiveness, make amends, and work with the Spirit of God within us to do that or say hurtful things less and less, or better yet, to just stop doing and saying those kinds of things. Act like a follower of Jesus, and when you don't, seek forgiveness. Here is your application for this teaching, which we'll unpack shortly, Pastor Grant and I. But before we do, I'm going to celebrate communion with our online church family. But this is the challenge. So think about that for a bit. Caring for others is behaving like Jesus. Scroll through your neighborhood in your mind. Think and pray about your neighbors. Maybe do a prayer walk. Pray about what help you might offer someone in your neighborhood. Or knowing a need, just drop off a care package. Pray as you help. Pray as you drop off the care package. Listen well and offer hope if you can. Now, let's land all of this on the spiritual ground zero of our forgiveness. When we recognized our need for forgiveness and when we received it from God by faith, by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. So that, and this is why, not why, but this is the outcome, so that we would extend forgiveness to others and seek forgiveness from others. We do this as a church family by remembering Jesus' last supper on this planet with his disciples who were his friends and what it meant for them and what it means for us. It was the night before one of those friends actually would betray him. They were celebrating the Passover meal together, which is a Jewish religious meal to remember God's rescue of Israel out of Egypt. But Jesus took it next level. 
while Passover was a meal to remember Israel's rescue out of slavery, this Last Supper for Jesus on the planet with his friends pictured Jesus' rescue of everybody from the clutches of sin and death. Jesus took some bread, gave thanks, and he broke it and he gave it to his friends saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So obviously Jesus was not asking his disciples to eat his flesh or drink his blood. That's cannibalism. He was just using two symbols, bread and wine, like an object lesson, to picture what was going to happen to him and what it would mean. So hours later, Jesus' body, pictured by the bread, was broken, slapped and scourged and crowned with thorns. He carried his cross to Golgotha, the place of the skull, where he was crucified. Blood was leaking out of him before, during, and after his crucifixion, pictured by the wine. And whereas the Israelites had a religious system to process the forgiveness of their sins through the repeated sacrificing of unblemished animals as administered by a sinful priest, Jesus would offer his unblemished self as a substitute for our blemished selves. Once for all people, for all time, acting as sacrificed and priest at the same time. This was the new covenant Jesus spoke of, the new way secured and sealed by his blood, the way they, his disciples, would be, and we are forgiven our sins and restored in relationship with God. By Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist described him in John chapter 1, verse 29. By Jesus, the great high priest, as he is described in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Do this in remembrance of me, he said to Jesus. So we do, and we will. Okay, onliners. Assuming you've gathered a piece of bread and some juice or some other reasonable substitutes, I'd love to lead you in a prayer of remembrance and thankfulness for the life and person and work of Jesus Christ. So why don't I pray for you? And when I pray for you, I'll take these elements with you at the same time. Father God, thank you that, like the nation of Israel, you hear and see our need to be rescued. Uh, them from slavery, us from the deadliness of our sin. We take these symbols, bread and juice, to remember what our forgiveness took. The willing sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. His broken body, his shed blood, his, his life for ours as a substitute for the judgment and death penalty that we deserve. We are forgiven and restored because of Jesus. This, not from ourselves, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, it is by your grace that we are saved, not by works so that no one can boast. We can't earn it. We can only give thanks and follow Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen.
right. God bless Cedar Valley. Hey, thanks for joining us everyone online this morning and on campus too. That, I think a huge thing that is really exciting with different stuff like this, doing communion, whether it's at home, especially with all the news, different stuff going on is church isn't the place, right? It's yeah. the people, it's the gathering and yeah. you can connect, interact uh, through comments, through who you're joining in with, phone up people and dialogue. And really what we want, especially this whole series going on forward from here, what we've learned with online stuff is for it to be more interactive, more applicable, and more, not just a thing you watch, right? Because I think that's what it can be so scared of when we're just filming stuff is it's not something you watch actually, it's something to dialogue and embrace and act out and live out. And communion is a massive way we get to do that. Thank you for leading us through that. Yeah, it's a real participatory thing. It's an engaged thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think in this series we've tried to as well, be much more intentional around giving you like some flesh on the bone, some real challenge to integrate what we've been talking about. Yes. Uh, we are always trying to do that, but we've really tried to sharpen that in this series, so. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you think? Yeah, so we are living out, sharing the gospel by helping a neighbor or put together a care package for one of your neighbors. Yeah, and I think we might have said previously as pastors that this might actually be the easy part for us, like doing things for our neighbors and caring for them and right. loving them. It's the speaking part that we have a hard time with. Yeah. And I think we left this to the end because maybe that's partly true, but of what we'd said earlier in the message that our, our, our behavior, um, we would hope it would support the message that we're saying. Uh, it's not one or the other, it's, it's, it's both. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, for sure. It's, it can't just stay here. Yeah, but exactly. it can't just be like sharing the gospel isn't just yelling information at somebody. It's actually a relationship and it's walking through relationship because that's yeah. the gospel is a relationship with Jesus. And we yep. need to model, model that with relationship with people. Yep. So it starts that way, too. And, yep. you know, I think what I love with this is it, it sounds easy, but uh, man, this is going to sound pessimistic even. But I think like the bar is so low <laughs> nowadays for building a unique relationship with your neighbors. Like we know by name our neighbors that are just around our house. Mm -hmm. and, that started off being profound enough already. People just knowing the name, like that's so cool. And then now we're doing some gifts for, it's just a really good, healthy relationship. We had some people moving across the street and in my mind, like the bar's pretty low, right? Like learn your neighbor's names, Yep. start there and then start building some relationships of what's going on in their lives after that. And like you, we have shared things with our neighbors and yeah. we know them by name, but how have you, how have you taken it to that I want to. I, I want to talk about Jesus a little bit here. Mm -hmm. how, how have you done? Because you, yeah. you've, you've established the relationship not because they're a project, but because you love them. You just want to love your neighbors. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, how do you go? That feels awkward. It is. It's super awkward. Don't get me wrong. I get pastor yeah. here, and super awkward to do that still. Uh, I, I think a lot of me it too. helps when opportunities have actually been when doors have opened up from our neighbor actually opening up opportunities of sharing what's going on. And one, there's one really cool day where our neighbor just shared. You know, it was last year at some point during this whole COVID time and how long it's been since he'd been able to visit a family member who was sick off in a different province. And like, we listened for a half hour, just dialoguing back and forth and then even offered like, hey, you know, we believe in prayer and we got to actually do it. And it turned out actually that they're part of a faith as well. And so like, hey, let's pray. But you didn't know that. No. So that took some courage, right? Yeah. So I think you can always ask that. Can I pray for you? That's actually a decent yeah. thing to do. And, and, and explain it too, not just say, it can feel almost empty these days when you say, I'll pray for that and walk away, but actually say like, hey, I believe in, I believe that there's a God who actually cares and loves us. And I, I believe that we could pray to him. Would you let me pray for you? And has enormous resource at his yeah. capacity. And when things happen that I can't explain that aren't like, yeah. we, you might call them coincidences, but because of my faith, I actually 
call them my God paying attention to my life. And totally. What, yeah, I, I think some of the things we can do too is be listening for their questions, of course, but then have the courage sometimes to ask some of our own. Like, yeah. like, what do you think about that? Like right now, with all the divisiveness in our culture around what's going on in terms of mask wearing and needing to have vaccinations by the 13th, we'll see what happens, but like, how are you managing that mm. in terms of the divisive conversation or the stress that it's causing you? I think it's okay to go there and then, and then offer, I'm pretty stressed too. Yeah. This is how I'm managing it. And it re relies heavily on my relationship with a God who cares for me. Hugely, yeah, and, and if words are not either your strong suit or they're just not mm -hmm. an area to enter mm -hmm. in, I think here you put care package. Is mm -hmm. that a thing you do? Do you do care packages to your neighbors? Uh, we have, uh, the like? well, well, past couple of Easter's we've just dropped off like Easter cream eggs and hooked them up and, because our, our neighbors now know that's, that's the area. That's they're they're yeah. doing that. It's look like uh, th dropping up practical things when people have had children on the lane, oh, yeah. right? So that, yeah. that's been really cool. And, and it comes our way too. And yeah. that's when you know, you just, you're, just, you're just loving people yeah. and you're being you're living loved. in community. You're living in community. Yeah, and you're, you're presenting that. And yeah, and then the one upping, I think, I think a big thing with the care package, and this is straight biblical, is uh, I, you might remind me of the passage a bit better here though, but the idea of inviting somebody over for dinner or even providing for somebody where they have no means to pay you back, not that expectation of the reciprocal, but actually like, hey, I'm gonna reach out, I'm gonna support, I'm gonna provide whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, not any expectation to receive back. Yeah. That's actually the love pouring out, right? Oh yeah, totally. Because otherwise you're just having friends over all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So hey, those are some cool practical ideas. I think the main heart here is like, we're placed in a society that has literally people who live on a right and left or across whatever it is, if it's an apartment, townhome, or yeah. farmland, right? So take that as a real opportunity that geographically, you you've got people beside you. Yeah. If you don't know them yet, get to know their names, start there, or see how you can ramp that up with a bit of some loving relationship moves. Break the ice with some, some of these things. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, thanks Cedar Valley. Thanks Cedar Valley.